You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Good morning, everyone. I'm Deb Timmerman. Welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life. This is episode 29. Holy cow. (laughs) I'm Barb Fletcher. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. And today we're going to talk about sleep and stress. And I don't know about you, but sleep really matters to me. Me too. I like it a lot. Research shows that between a third and a half of all adults are experiencing sleep issues. That statistic alone was really shocking to me. And in addition to that, not many people actually relate stress to impacting the quality of sleep that they're getting. We need deep sleep for processing and sorting information and stopping the flight fight activation and for optimal brain performance. Barb, when you talk to clients, what are the clues that you hear from conversations that you have that they might be having trouble with the quality of their sleep? And it might be related to stress. That is one of the first questions I ask. How are you sleeping? And they say things like, well, I've got a lot on my mind. Or they say that they just can't stop things. They just keep going round and round. Kind of like that hamster wheel that we've talked about before. People say, well, I can't turn off my brain. Some people actually get out of bed because they just can't quiet it down. Or they've had a lot going on during the day and they just can't wind down. Do they ever say that they're talking to you because other people have noticed changes in the way they behave? Well, those are really, often they're subtle. They're not as obvious as waking up in the night. So they may be showing up as irritable or maybe they find themselves making more mistakes than they have in the past. Maybe it's harder to concentrate or remember things. They don't have a lot of motivation. They wake up they still feel tired and it's hard to get moving. Or me in the middle of the afternoon, they actually need a nap. Yeah, I can relate to that when I was really stressed out and managing, like about noon after I would have lunch, I'd maybe have a little burst of energy, but two, three o'clock in the afternoon, I was looking for coffee or a chocolate bar or anything that I could to get that juice back in my system, which didn't really help. I mean, it maybe helped for a minute, but after a Mm -hmm. half hour or an hour or two, you're right back into that slump again. Yeah. For me, this still happens at times. If I have a busy day and I haven't taken time to recharge, I might just have an extra cup of coffee. And what I find is by the end of the day, my head hurts and gets into a bit of a cycle where It is even harder to sleep when I do go to bed. I did a cleanse in like February, March, and I had to get off of caffeine for that. And so I planned that 
decrease over two weeks so that I wouldn't get a headache. And then there was a period of a couple of months that I've gone without caffeine. I mean, I might have the occasional Coke or something, but not very much. Mm -hmm. I don't really drink a lot of that. But I tried to have caffeine uh, last week. I stopped and got a cup of coffee only because it. I just wanted it. I craved it. And that whole day, I felt like I was buzzing. And I had that caffeine early in the day, like before 11, and I had trouble winding down that night. So we get really in tune to having and needing that in our body. And when we take a break, we don't realize how dependent we were on it. And that's one of the things that I always look in the mirror uh, when I go to bed and think, okay, that was really silly of you to have a cup of coffee after supper. <laughs> because that's not going to be helpful for deep sleep so i know that that's that's not going to be a, a good scene for me anyway yeah so sleep issues we find generally fall into one of three categories maybe there is somebody that really has a problem with sleep apnea so they're not getting enough air at night when they sleep so they can't get deep sleep and the body mechanisms wake them up and you may hear them go <gasps> or gasp for breath. Um, mm. When I first started uh, staying with my husband, my, my current husband, I noticed that I never slept deeply at night because he had sleep apnea and he was gasping. So the nurse in me is always listening. And part mm. of my job when I first got into nursing was working with ventilator dependent quadriplegics, I can't say that well, and we were listening for alarms. So I've never been a really deep, deep sleeper. Those kinds of things wake me up. And I was afraid to sleep because I thought something was going to happen to him. You know, I'd push him. Mm -hmm. So the fix for that is really simple. You can get a test, a sleep mm -hmm. test. And if you are waking up like that or feel yourself gasping, or maybe your partner is saying, hey, you're scaring me at night, go get that test because unless you can get enough air in your lungs and actually fall into deep sleep, it's really harmful to you. It's very wearing on your heart. So the next piece is sympathetic activation. And Barb, I would call you an expert at this, so I'm gonna ask you to dive <laughs> into this. So tell us what sympathetic activation is and what that means to our sleep. Well, it means that our body is on high alert, fight or flight, 24-7, 365. And as a result, not only are we becoming fatigued, but our adrenals are getting worn out and we're sending constant signals that we need to produce more adrenals, more, more adrenaline, more cortisol. And we can't wind down for that. We are always on high alert. And ultimately, that will screw up our hormone systems and, of course, our circadian rhythms, which allow us to get that deep sleep. And I just wanted to share one point about deep sleep. Sometimes I'm not always clear as to whether or not I get deep sleep. And so one of the things that I have um, is an app uh, that allows me to measure how much deep sleep that I'm actually getting at night, it, it's related to my watch. And I really appreciate that because that provides information, you know, that that otherwise I probably might overlook. I might notice some outward symptoms, whether it would be, you know, those irritability or maybe just not 
feeling well in the morning. But that's that's a helpful solution. The third point is that some people don't have a good bedtime sleep routine. They don't go to bed at the same time every night. They're on technology a really long time. Can you talk about the importance of having that good sleep hygiene routine to get to sleep? Pretty early uh, evening girl. And, uh, you know, I guess it's dark. I, I always figure it's time to, to go to bed. One of the things that we're distracted with these days is with technology and those light and that constant high alert that we place ourselves on by using technology is really a, um, a distraction and a deterrent from us getting deep sleep at night. So for me, the practice is quieting the screens for a bit at a time before it's actually uh, time to go to sleep. And uh, there are a number of strategies that I can put in place that will help our away from the screens. The research shows that those blue screens mess with our natural melatonin production, as well as what you said about keeping that high alert state on so we don't produce that naturally like we should as it's starting to get dark out to feel like we need to go to sleep it's like you think about that forced light in your face it tricks your body and messes mm -hmm. it up what's your favorite bedtime wind down routine so i think it's probably in our balance i use that to measure the heart rate variability just to get a sense of how are the messages moving between my brain and my heart? And that's a good indicator for me as to how quickly I'll fall asleep. You know, there are others. I, it might be just sitting quietly. It might be listening to music. Um, I enjoy warm water. So hot tubs or showers are good as well. So for those of you who don't know what an inner balance device is, it is a biofeedback tool with a little ear clip, a Bluetooth that's on your phone. And as you breathe and follow the app, it actually traces your heart rate variability. And as Barb says, gives you wonderful information. I like all those things too. My favorite is really breath work at night. And I have a gratitude practice. I start to wind down. I'm also an early to bed girl, but I'm an early riser. I get mm -hmm. up every day naturally, 5.36 AM, because that's what I, done for my entire work life. You know, we start work mm -hmm. at 6.30 and there's commuting. So I'm mm -hmm. still on that schedule. So that works well for me. I see that a lot of people use different ways to relax at night. Like they might have a glass of wine or maybe two glasses of wine. Now that marijuana is legal in my state, I hear a lot mm -hmm. of people are smoking at night because there are some strains that um, are more beneficial for sleep or they're having a gummy. What do you think about all of that and how does that help for the long term or does it help for the long term? Well, I think, you know, everybody has a mix of solutions and I'm not sitting and in any kind of judgment about what might work for somebody. For me, I what I find is I'm looking for a longer term solution from time to time, something that doesn't wear off that the edge is a little uh, wobbly. So, you know, I've taken 
melatonin, you know, and I have taken the, the smallest amount and then find that I need to increase it and a little bit more and a little bit more. And what I would say to that is that is okay, except that sometimes there are things that are within your control that you can do, you know, whether it is music or biofeedback or breath work or gratitude that you can couple with those other things that may be sustaining for longer periods of time. Because I don't know about you, but if I go away on vacation, it might not be easy to do all of those other things. Maybe you forget is sleep aids, maybe, uh, you know, it, it's not easy to have access to gummies and those kinds of things. So it's always nice to rely on those things that we have close at hand and uh, breath work and warm showers and a number of others are things that pretty much we have most of the time. And I would add to that, when we're turning off that sympathetic activation, some of the tools that we work with, particularly the inner balance, gets our nervous system into a place of neutral and allows it to reset. When I have a glass of wine, I like the taste of wine. I like that it helps me relax. But if I have it too close to bed, I'm too warm all night. And so it helps me relax, but my nervous system isn't in the place that I get really good quality of sleep because the sugar bothers me very sensitive mm -hmm. to that. So pay attention to how those interventions that you're using really help. And if they're not helping, it's time to do something a little bit different. So here's our call to action this week. Pay attention to your sleep patterns and the quality of your sleep. If you're not waking up refreshed in the morning, maybe stress is playing a role in mm -hmm. preventing you from getting good, deep sleep. And if you think that you have sleep apnea, for heaven's sakes, pick up that phone, call your doctor and make an appointment. The interventions now are pretty simple. They're not as uncomfortable as they were. I never even hear my husband's as he puts his on. It's just really quiet and nice. And then if you think you'd like to try some of the tools and solutions we have to offer, we would like to invite you to what we call We Add Heart Meditation. It happens the last Wednesday of every month and it's 35 minutes and we take you through some of those tools. There are other groups throughout the world practicing those same techniques, not necessarily at that particular time, but throughout that same day for We Add Heart. And it's really a nice way to connect mind and body and see how these tools could help you sleep better on any given night. So with that, we'll put the link to the connection point for reserving space in the We Add Heart Meditation mm -hmm. in our show notes and below today's video. And do you have anything else to add to our sleep discussion? Well, We at Heart is one of my favorite times each month to get together. And so I look forward to people coming in. And I often hear from people saying, oh, gee, I really slept well that night. So if if you're looking for an intervention um, that, you know, you give up 35 minutes for, this might be just what you're looking for. Have a great week, everyone. Ta-ta. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at less 
stressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.